Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, and those fine people at Dive Bomb have given you a promo code, saving 10%. What is it, Jeff? Trump 2020. Trump 2020. You put that in at checkout, and you save yourself 10% off of the best silhouettes in the market, and not too distant future, I hear some floaters are coming out. So... You know, if you're a pigeon hunter, they got pigeon. Yeah, they got pigeon silhouettes out right now, and uh, later this summer they will be introducing their floater line. So go to divebombindustries.com, get everything that you need silhouette wise. Use the promo code Trump2020, and then come back later in the summer buy those floaters. Use the promo code again. This show is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, direct to your door. Bismuth is back in style. Just takes one. Just takes one. You're not having, you know, if you're a good shot like I am, one shot, <laughs> killed, dead, no more uh, running after cripples and all that other fun stuff. Stone Cold killing them dead is what it is with one shot. And that's it. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners are a necessity if you are a duck hunter. Lucky Duck has spinners. If you're a predator hunter, they've also got you covered there. Uh, turkey season just wrapped up, but hey never too early to buy your uh your next turkey decoy so go to luckyduck.com and you can get those spinners for this next coming season they've also got pigeon spinners so i guess everybody's shooting pigeon spinners will be awesome for the dove for the dove eh for the du- pigeon spinners will be same shooting the do- over the doves Ooh, look at there multi-purpose so go to luckyduck.com they've got all of your spinning wing decoy needs we're also brought to you by 737 duck calls the boys from Oklahoma make a mean duck call, a screamer. Get the old number one. It's a single read. I'm a single read kind of guy. I don't know about you, Jeff, but it's what I like. The old number one. Made in America, made in Oklahoma, shipped directly to your door. No big box stores to compete driving up those prices. It's a rock bottom price. Seven thirty seven. Made by great guys, great duck call, great product. Look them up. Get your duck call. Get your lanyard full of 737s. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. We're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. Light up the world. Great for bow fishing, great for hunting, great for just yard. Uh, in your pickup, you need some lights, uh, off-roading, four-wheeling, whatever it is, C-Light LEDs, the best C-Light, the C- best C-Lights out there, or the best lights out there. Best LED lights out best there. Best LED. It's, two, it's 2019. There's no sense in running around in the dark. Technology's too good. They've got it figured out. Competitive price, C-Light LEDs is the way to go. That way you're not fiddling around in the dark. Also, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines, Texas wine at its finest. Chris is a good friend of ours, great client, also figured out how to make a hell of a wine. He's truly living the dream. He, he loves what he does, drinks wine every day. 
almost like uh, if you're a wine if you're a wine enthusiast and you get to make wine and do that every day, probably like being a hunter and getting to hunt every day. WilliamandChrisWines.com. They'll also ship it to your door. It's summertime. Summertime. It's wine drinking time. People. Yes, it is. Finally, last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. You can take this one, Jeff. Um, holler at us if you're looking for a corporate dove hunt. Weekdays about all I've got left. I got some weekends left. October. Stanfieldhunting.com. We can take care of you on dove hunt. Got teal season. We're gonna have a lot of teal this year. Yes. Got weekday teal hunts available. You got four guys want to come up and do an inexpensive duck hunt in the morning. Shoot some teal in September. We can do a lodging breakfast and a morning teal hunt. That's Stanfieldhunting.com. Call me for details at nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Okay, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by public land hunter George Scott. George hails from the great state of Kansas, hunts in uh, around Can- uh, around Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, good guy. Relatively new to the waterfowl world. He's been hunting, I think, four or five years. So, good conversation with him. Always like talking to these guys. Public land series is something that we really enjoy. So, anyway, here we go. George Scott. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And I'm Andy Shaver. On the phone with us today from Wichita, Kansas, Mr. George Scott. How are you doing, George? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Oh, we can't complain at all. Or we could. Summertime's here. Yeah. I I hate summer. It uh, it has gone from swampy and boggy to just 95 and blah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same here. We haven't got the heat yet, but it'll be here next week. Yeah, it's nasty. So so you told us a minute ago, in 11 days straight, y'all had 24 inches of rain. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. So I'm assuming y'all got a lot of ground that hasn't been planted this year. Actually, I think they got everything in before it started raining. I mean, I went ahead last weekend, and I, I took a drive around some of the fields we normally hunt and everything, and there's nothing but any high corn. So I think we're sitting pretty good. Y'all should be in real good shape then, I would think. It's going to be a bumper yeah. year for those guys. And I'm assuming corn prices are going to go up with all the places in the Midwest that didn't get planted, which would be the Iowa, Illinois, Indiana area. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know the, the co-op around here still has corn sitting on the ground from last year. I'm guessing they're waiting to cash in on that. How long will they keep that on the ground for? This is dry corn. It, it, it won't spoil. They got to barf over it, and I, I think they can keep it for however long they want. Huh? I gotta ask Blake that. So West Texas boys, that just amazes us. And I've seen that up there. You know, just big mounds of corn, a mile high or not a mile high, but yeah, as tall as the elevator. And you're thinking, son of a bitch, they just leave it out on the ground all day, all winter. Fucking yeah, they do. They run out of elevator space. And just grow it all summer, and then they just dump it out on the ground. Yeah, I, you'd think they'd be trying to get rid of it because. So you're a public land hunter and you hunt on private land around Wichita, Kansas, which is one of the best areas in the, in the world or in the United States for waterfowl hunting. How do you go about 
you you hunt on a budget. You told me. How do you go about finding places to hunt? I actually, I was blessed enough. My father in law was the uh, head of crop production for the local co-op, and he's also been in the 4-H and local 4-H for over thirty years. So everybody knows him. Uh, he passed away here just two years ago, but call him up, tell him who he is, tell him who we are, and it's pretty easy. Uh, I know a little, it's a little easier for other people, or than, than it is for other people, but so you, it's you, not hard. You just use his name and you're in. Yeah, yeah. Even if we don't use his name, it's not very hard. Um, if, you, if you go up and ask a farmer to deer hunt, it's a hard no. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. If you got a farmer who's got winter wheat out there, uh, he's more than happy to let you guys in on there. If, uh, if you want to go ahead and hunt, cause the geese will just destroy a field in three four days. Right. Yeah, you're doing a service to the. It, it works out both ways in the wheat country. Yeah. It, it, what about the cornfields though and stuff? That there's nothing there but waste. Yeah, yeah, and, and generally, if if he's got a wheat field, he's got a cornfield, and he doesn't care if you hunt them either. Now, do, do do the farmers up there, do they let you drive in on their stuff? It just depends on how wet it is. Uh, as long as you respect their field, I mean, we won't go in if it's muddy. If we're going to leave a rut, we won't go in. Right. We'll, we'll walk in if we have to, or we'll just skip hunting. Yeah, who wants to? Or worst comes to worst, we'll hunt water. Now, what uh, what do you mainly, is it mainly winter wheat up there, or are you doing these uh, cornfields? Uh, we do corn, milo. Uh, winter wheat, mainly winter wheat, um, just depends on, like, if it gets warmer, it seems like the winter wheat's a little better. If, if it's, if we got hard north wind and maybe it's going to be 15 degrees outside, they're going to be in the corn or, uh, cut my load. Now, how do you hide in the winter wheat? Generally, we'll hide on the edge. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't had the vault enough to try to throw an A-frame up in the middle yet. <laughs> Uh, generally edge hide um, a lot of them will have waterways or sometimes they'll have a, a terrace that may have a little bit of a you, you can get a get a hide in there somehow now is that an a, a, A-frame or layout blinds uh, damn layout blinds most of the time layout blinds we'll, we'll use the A-frame as, as much as we can because I'm a fat ass yeah, and fat asses ain't fun. Yeah, it's not fun all that. Now, I want you to tell your story because you, and you told me this when I asked you to be on here with this. You told me so. I haven't been hunting a long time. And a lot of people that that listen to this, they're, you know, third, fourth, fifth year hunters also. And yeah. I want them to realize that, hey, people we're talking to, we're not getting on guys that have all duck hunting and goose hunting for 30 or 40 years. We want guys that, that are hunters. And you're a hunter and your sons are hunters. And you're relatively yeah. new still and you're being successful. And it's because you, you, you do things the way you're supposed to do it, and you work hard at it. And you have your good yeah. days and bad days. What, what, uh, most definitely. What, kind of, what, kind, what size decoy spread are y'all running usually? Uh, you know, I, I started out thinking, oh, we need some bodies, we need this, we need that. Um, I had a friend who turned me on to dive bombs. And for the... For the cost of and you can't beat the dive bombs. No. Um, we'll, generally, we'll, we'll generally throw maybe 15 to 20 dozen. It just depends on the time of year. Um, we get into a lot of the big geese so we don't have to throw a huge spread like you do for the little geese. But 
what, um, what are you mainly shooting? Is it is it a healthy mix of big and little, or, or is it mostly yeah. on the little side? We've had days where we've had uh, big geese, little geese, specks and snows. It's just kind of a melting pot of everything. How many birds do you see in a day when you're hunting, usually? Actually, probably about 10 years ago, they built a watershed across the road from us. And it may be hunted by one of the owners once or twice a year. So that thing will hold several thousand thousands of geese. And they also built several other flight controls around here. So we're holding. There may be days where I'll see 10, 15,000 geese, kind of like you guys down there in, in Texas. Now, is that is that has that been pretty stable the last couple of years since you've been hunting, or has it gone up or down, or, or what has it been since you first started? Fluctuates with the weather. And the weather and bald eagles. Bald eagles have been kicking our ass. The bald eagles what? have? Yep. Oh, yeah, they'll fuck things that. up big time. Oh, we got that watershed across the road, and you have one bald eagle on one side of the watershed and another bald eagle on the other side. Uh, we're fucked till they leave. What do they do? They, the birds won't come near you, or what? Yep. Uh, generally, they get real nervous, and as the day goes on, it seems like they'll push push off to another watershed or another uh, roost area. Hmm. I saw a roost area down here one time. We had probably 50,000 birds on it, and we had a bald eagle land on the north bank of it and set on a north wind. There wasn't a fucking goose yeah. on it the next day. Yeah. They'll, they'll sit there, and the, they'll be sitting on the trees. You sit there and watch them a little bit, and they'll get up. They'll circle around top of them and kind of dive down every once in a while, and whole flock will get up, settle back down, and they just keep them nervous. Eventually, they just push off. I wonder what guys do where bald eagles are pretty prevalent. I just got to move to another area. I mean, we'll hunt. We don't hunt just around the house. We'll hunt 20 miles from here. Um, sometimes I, I I try to, you know, I hunt with my sons. But I, I try to hunt with people that have been hunting a while. Just, I, I like to learn from other people. I mean, if they want to invite us, I, I appreciate it. But most of the time, it's like, hey, I got a field here. You guys want to come? You, you learn from different people, different experiences. Bald eagles. Well, I learned something today. We don't we don't get bald eagles here. We we might see one or two in the winter time, but yeah, um, I've never I've never noticed it. Yeah, we don't have enough of them. birds. We don't have enough of them here to do it often. Do you get a lot of bald eagles there? Like, how many bald eagles will you see in a day? We have two that roost in our area, uh-huh. um, but there, you can go to different parts. That, like uh, in town in Wichita, I know there's a park where there's two or three of them that live in the park. Huh. Um, you go, they, they've got a big old flood control area in Wichita, and it holds quite a few waterfowl during the season. And uh, you'll see a lot of bald eagles along there. So what got you into waterfowl hunting? You say you're relatively new to this. When did you start? How did you get into it? Give us your story. Uh, my oldest son decided he wanted to give it a try. He went out with some friends. How old was he? Uh, he was probably 19. Mm-hmm. He's 23 now, so we're about to turn 23. So he went out with some friends, turned 19 years old, says, Dad, yeah. I want to do this. Yeah, and uh, we have a, a, a little pond back behind the house, and because we have that big roost across the road, the little ponds around will hold a few ducks and geese here and there. So it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll try it out around here and see how it does. Oh, it was probably two or two or three uh, 
two or three different hunts before we actually shot something. <laughs> and, and, and even then, we were so bad at it, we were scat busting. Yeah. That's okay. Um, That's how yeah. you learn. What, what kept you coming back? It was just something to do, and it was easy. I didn't have to walk 10 miles to <laughs> shoot a damn bird. <laughs> So, so the very first, the very first hunt, you're on, you're on a water hole behind your house. How did you, yeah. how did you hide on it? We we got some, uh, we got some a clump of trees right next to it. We we fit up against a tree, or and we eventually went ahead and just got some layouts. How many decoys did you run that first day? Uh, maybe eighteen. No, oh, nice. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, not too many. And then, and then, and then, when you finally get some, the the third or fourth hunt, what uh, what did you finally kill? I think it's a stupid diver. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's all right. It, 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 it to dive. That's right. Hell yeah! You've been out three days and yeah. you hadn't, you hadn't got anything yet. Yeah, fuck yeah. Whatever we can yeah, get. Yeah. Um. So so when was your first really successful hunt? Probably. Two seasons ago, we, we really, I, when I first started out, I thought, wow, I need to get a boat. We need to water hunt and this and that. And I found out that I hate waders. And <laughs> boats are pain in the ass. And I said, ah, fuck this. We're going to start field hunting. And like I said, my father-in-law knows everybody. So I was like, oh, I bet we can get on some fields. So we went ahead and got some fields. And we're fortunate enough that we, get a, we got a field just north of Wichita. And it seems like all the birds are sitting. Well, I think I think all the birds of Wichita sit at Cabela's. Mm-hmm. They're damn near right next to Cabela's. So uh, we get a field up there and start hunting it. And but shit, we're gonna need more decoys. So we <laughs> start scrounging money together. We buy buy ten dozen dive bombs. We get some full bodies here, full bodies there, and then we got a couple other people to kind of hunt with us. So we get a decent sized spread. So we got a got a few days in there where oh we shot 18 birds oh crap this is kind of fun <laughs> I had much to do I think I'm going to sell weirders it just going from field to water is a, a big change for us it, it helped quite a bit I mean water hunting duck hunting is a lot of fun I wanted to actually do more duck hunting but uh and some of them these are stupid yeah, yeah. Even, even even crappy hunters like that on the on a good day, you're gonna mess you something. I can tell you, my guides hate hunting water. Absolutely, he despise it. Hate it. Oh, I, I do too. And actually, we went up to Cheyenne Bottoms last year and hunted a couple times. We had a good time. My fat ass and waders just oh. don't mix. <laughs> I feel your pain. Feel your pain. Well, and, and you know the birds always come back so late. It you know yeah. So, uh, you're already looking at it's gonna be. Two o'clock before you get out of there, most of the time, yeah. if birds come back, say the bird down here, it might be different wherever uh, you're at, but usually the birds start going back to water about ten thirty or eleven. So, you know, that's when the majority of your far. shooting is, and you, you start picking up at twelve thirty, twelve at yeah. the earliest. Well, you got an hour pickup, so it's one o'clock, two yeah. o'clock before you get home. That, and that's a nice thing is like if we hunt water unless you go to Cheyenne or something like that if we hunt water it's fairly close yeah especially if we hunt the pond behind the house now now when you hunt right. the water when you hunt the water are you mainly hunting the ducks or are you hunting geese on it too uh, our pond behind our house we'll hunt geese we'll, we'll throw out I think we've got like 
a dozen, maybe 18 juice floaters. When I think the most we've ever thrown out is probably a dozen. And then we'll put, uh, we've got some dive bomb socks now, and we'll put the socks around our layouts, mm-hmm. and put it right on the edge. And when, when, I thought I had to have full body, so I went ahead and bought a bunch of them last year. My kids are trying to get me to sell them, but haven't decided yet. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hunt that around the pond, and oh, there'll be some days, I think, I think we've shot about 15 or so out by the back pond. Yeah. And that's right by your, just in your backyard going out and shooting 15 birds. That's a damn good time. Yeah. What's the most ducks you've yeah. shot off that pond? 18. You ever use an ice eater on it? No. I, my wife, my wife gets so pissed when I spend money. But I haven't, I haven't put the money into an ice eater yet. We've thought about it, but just haven't done it. You sell those full bodies and then you buy an ice eater and you don't have to tell her about it. <laughs> Yeah, don't want my kids hear that. That's what they're going to want to be doing. <laughs> how m- how many full bodies do you have? Uh, I think around twelve dozen. Got twelve dozen? Well, I got lucky. I switched jobs here a year or so, or two years ago. I switched jobs, and the old job called me back, like, "Hey, you want to come back as a contractor?" And so I threw some stupid numbers out for money, and they said, "Okay." So I was working two jobs for a while. I had enough money to buy some full Well, you can sell twelve. You're, you can sell six dozen of them things and buy you a nice eater. You're sitting on a good chunk of change there, bud. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Those ice eaters, man. I tell you what, little pond right there in town. You get that thing open with water all the time. Whew, you'd be killing the hell out of the greenheads. Yeah, so, that's where we struggled last year when I was when I was talking to you quite a bit about induction and everything. We got that watershed across the road from us, and we got one field of two people in that watershed so the west side of it they don't let anybody hunt and they own now they own about right about 3500 acres but the land at the south of us was what they were feet on they go there every night oh an hour before sundown most time and we could not pull them over anywhere off of that they, they just went to that field and i'm talking two three thousand dollars do you run spinners we do but it it, it seemed like it's because they had, they had to go further to get to us, and for whatever reason, because there's already three thousand geese down on there, and probably already, in the, probably already a couple thousand ducks in the area. They were just dropping in the geese. Hmm. It's was, it was hard to pull them off all them live birds. Usually, how far off were you? A couple hundred yards. Huh. Usually, you can suck them. How many? How many spinners are you running? I think last year we were. Had three or four that would work. I went ahead. I just bought seventy spinners, so you ought to be in good, you ought to be in good shape then. Yeah, yeah. most of the time, uh, most of the time, you you don't have any problems with that. They'll they'll just suck right in. But it's kind of like last year. It's like you never knew what they were going to do. They were so unpredictable last year. Yeah, last year was a screw year. So what what are yeah. some of the, what are some of the bigger lessons that you learned from the, from your first year waterfowl hunting to where you are now? Oh, let's see. Other th- other than waiters suck, which we all agree with. <laughs> well, waiters suck, layouts suck, <laughs> <laughs> water suck. <laughs> um, I, you don't have to be rich to do it, but it doesn't hurt. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna go broke doing this. Um, what I've learned in the in the first three years of hunting is uh, 
it's not all about shooting birds. It's just about having a good time with my boys. And then uh, that's a, I get to spend time with them, and I couldn't ask for any more. That's a, res- that's a respectable answer. And a really good answer, <laughs> the best answer you can give, because that's what it's about. Um, so, so who who's the who's the guy that does all the calling in, in your group? How many boys do you have? Number one, you got the you got the older kid that's uh, two boys, right? Yep, I got two boys. I got a twenty uh, two year old and an eighteen year old, and then they've got a couple friends that come with us. Uh, I actually got three three people that come with us usually, and I got a. Couple eighteen year olds. So I'm hanging out with a bunch of jackasses most of the time. <laughs> but it, Again, but it, I feel your pain. Yeah, it's fun though. It's fun though. They uh, they keep you on your toes and uh, they get a little butthurt sometimes when you hang shit on them, but they hang it back and yeah, it's a good old time. Now I'm gonna tell you right but, now, yeah. your your food bills got to be pretty damn high feeding them boys too. Oh shit! Tell me about it. My mom can go to the store and buy three four packages of cookies, and they come over and they're gone. Yeah, you wake up in the morning, you never know what you're going to have left to eat. <laughs> <laughs> now, your your youngest son is a. It was he valedictorian of his class? No, no, he he was a uh, student class president. Stu- so hey, that's why he got to give that speech for graduation. And he he's a smart kid, though. Yeah, he's both my boys are real smart boys. You, know, you don't want to make the other one not feel that way if he's not. <laughs> but I don't know. I'll just put it this way: one works harder than the other. Oh. <laughs> And, w- and what's bad is the one that, that uh, works harder probably knows it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's probably a conversation that y'all have had before. Now, is he going to stay local and go to college, or is he going way off? Uh, I think he's going to stay local and, and go to school here in town for a year, and then he might go up to Kansas State and finish up. And uh, the oldest one works with me. How's that? I actually... Actually, the place we work at, there's 11,000 people flying at the scene. Oh. He's, he's at a totally, totally different area, so. Now, what do you, what do you think, hanging out with all these, hanging out with all these teenagers, what do you think, uh, I mean, I'm sure you, you've heard some doozy conversations out in the, in the waterfowl blind. Yeah. Some of the stuff I hear, their parents would cringe. <laughs> what, what, what's the, what's the, what's the wildest shit you've ever heard? I don't know if I can say it on air. Oh, you can on this show. I tell you, I promise you. Yeah. No, nobody listens to this dumpy show. <laughs> I know. I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but <laughs> they 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 just hang shit on each other, and then one of them's mom's a uh, she does a competitive bodybuilding competition, so mom <laughs> jokes just fly. <laughs> I bet yeah. they do, boy. That poor yeah. fucking kid. So she's the milk uh, of the no. blind, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because she has to wear the bikinis actually, and everything. Oh yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And actually, we have a we have a girl that hunts with us, and she's a she can put the crap on the boys just as just as good as they can. Man, I think I think she can whoop all their asses too. <laughs> Hanging out with the young guys will keep you young. Do you? Sometimes even even the boys I'm around the boys a lot and they'll they'll talk about stuff and and I'm like I didn't realize how informed I am on what's going on in the world sometimes until they'll talk about people I'm like who the fuck is that you know especially, yeah. especially actresses and shit like that I don't have know who anybody is anymore music shit fuck I don't listen to the crap they listen to yeah I I, I could give two shits less about it but so I, just because we hunt I'm on 
chat and group text and it's uh, some of the stuff that gets sent. It, it's not PG thirteen. It's, it's pretty raunchy. Yeah, there's nothing more. There's nothing raunchier than a, than a nineteen year old kid, especially if he's no, a, but, got a buddy whose mom's a milf that wears a bikini and she's yeah. a hard bodied lady. Yeah, I missed out on all that fun. But the, the funny thing about it is, I can make them cringe quicker than anything. Yeah, I can embarrass get that shit out of them. All you got to do is talk about their mama. Yeah, yeah, I can oh, do. And I drop that all. The, I drop that all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to throw this person under the bus because I'm kin to him, but one time someone that's kin to us was told his son in front of him, he said, boy, he I think, said. I think we've talked about it with the son. Have we? I don't know. Don't throw him under the bus in case say, we haven't. But anyways, he, he told him, he said, you know, boy, he said, I've done shit to your mom you couldn't do to a circus animal. Because <laughs> if my memory serves me right, the son was kind of bragging a little bit. Yes, he was. Yeah. About some of his. Uh, conquest, conquest, and 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 dad just shut that shit down in a hurry. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it, it's funny because my wife's real reserved. She's she's an elementary school principal, but she will not hesitate to drop the "you fell out of my vagina" card on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, just kinda, it shuts them up real quick. Just kind of trumps everything. There's really nowhere to go from there. It, it does. Yeah. Now, George, hey, how, but, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, oh, I was going to get back to your question on uh, who does the calling. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us. Um, we got uh, Hayden Easton out with us. They they call. Um, I think Lucas calls, and they pretty much do the goose calling. Then uh, my oldest son, he he he's pretty decent on the duck call. He'll he'll do some duck calling, and I wear a lanyard, but I never get used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just bought it. I know I did. I know, and from what I heard, I called about it to get a YouTube guest. So, so, so when, I, I can do a little. I can do a little bit of chatter, but after that, yeah. So when you first start duck hunting, when you first start hunting, period. What what did you do for that? Just make whatever noises you could, or or did your oldest kind of have a little bit of experience calling? Uh, my oldest practiced a little bit, and he did, and then uh, Hayden could do a little bit. of a little bit of duck calling too, and so uh, between the two of them, and then I mean, if they wouldn't get any closer, then they won't want to get sky busted. <laughs> now I can tell you, go- you know, goose calling is a lot harder than duck calling. So yeah, um, that that does take. You know, you you can pick up duck calling pretty easily, but goose calling it, it takes a while. I can't blow a goose yeah. call at all, so I agree with that. I, I tried blowing a little bit last year, and I, I, I do a little cluck, a little moan here and there, and I, that's about all I can do. But I mean, he'll flag it, bring him in better than like goose calling well, and that seems to work pretty good. You got to know your role. We got Ron Stanford out yeah. here. He's a world flagging champion, so yeah. it's his role. The man sounds yeah. awful on a goose call, but uh, he can flag, and hit, I don't think his arm ever gets tired. It, it, it's amazing how you can you can turn a turn a goose with a flag i can guarantee you ron ron will flag more than you want him to flag yeah he's on that that's end one inspection. question i have for you guys is like when do you stop flagging i mean what how close is too close uh i i i, I, I agree if they're right in your face yeah that's where they're like you're breaking like you're, you're breaking up a little bit what did you say uh, how close is too close for uh 
flag. Okay. Um, you know, really, I, I use it pretty, I don't want to say sparingly. I don't know if that's the right word, but I use it when I think I need it. So if the birds yeah. are off center, if they're not where I want them to be, then I'll flag. And okay. really, there's no, I mean, there's so many different variables here, and I'm, I'm you can kind of talk in a circle here. So basically, <clears throat> I've got a line. Um, I usually sit in the center of the spread most of the time. And, uh, so, you know, kind of, I, mo- I always judge, you know, are my guys mostly right-handed or are they mostly left-handed? Um, most of the time they're right-handed. So I kind of want the birds to finish further to the left of the spread. If we're looking out to the left. So I always run, you know, I've talked about the magic mic a lot on here. So, I'll have the magic mic kind of off to the left somewhere. And, uh, you know, I just kind of, if, if they're getting offline one way or the other, I'll pop that flag up a little bit three or four times. And, uh, most of the time they get back on the line and then just, I don't ever do it again until they get off the line. Um, if they swing, which little geese do quite a bit, uh, when they're going away, I'll flag. And then when I don't think that they can see me, I won't flag. But then right when they make that turn, as soon as I think that the eyes can see me again, I pop that flag again. And then uh, okay, let them spin, and then, you know, just kind of the same same deal. Just if they're online, I don't do anything because we're not going to fuck up anything if they're if everything's going good. And then as soon as they kind of start to wander, then I'll, if, then I'll flag if I need to. So, but, but yeah, really, you know, too close, I mean – if they're coming in, you know, I don't, I don't flag, so it's really not an issue. Back, back in the old biggest problem. Yeah, go ahead. Back in the old days, when I used to hunt and guide, which was the dinosaur days, just about the the, the birds. We hunted a lot of uneducated small geese back then, and it was a lot different than it is today. And the the flag was like a magic wand back then. But yeah, if the geese were locked up. Locked down and weren't flapping. I didn't ever flag, but as soon as they started to flap a little bit, I'd hit it again. They'd lock in again, and it seemed like even okay. if they got close, if they, as long as they were locked and coming, I never flagged. But anytime they started flapping their wings a little bit, I'd hit it again, and they'd usually lock in on it again. And that's been a long time ago, and I don't ever flag or do any of that anymore. They don't let me touch one of them in a the field, but that's yeah. the way it used to be. And as long as they're coming and they're locked in, there's no reason to be flagging. I mean, they're locked in coming yeah. right into you. Our, our biggest problem sometimes is get, we're hunting over by Wichita and we get so many flocks and they're coming from all different directions. Mm-hmm. We'll get one flock pushing another flock out. And hmm. It's just a nightmare sometimes. We, our our split here for ducks is uh, January 1st to January 20th. And it oh, seems like that's when that's when all the ducks show up. And it a, freaking kills us. We're, that's a horrible we're sitting out in the, Yeah. We're sitting out in the field one day and literally had two geese run over dive ball. The person yeah. just knocked them out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Not geese, I mean ducks. I mean, we probably had 750 ducks just dive in on us. Yeah. So we couldn't shoot the damn things. And then right behind those were some specs, and they closed specs from the uh, 1st to the 20th. That's terrible. What? Why? Yeah, so pretty much all you can shoot is uh, snows and Canada's, and they're all mixed in around here. So it, it, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, it's real tough sometimes. Why do they close it? So y'all y'all have a nineteen day split in January. 
Yeah. Well, that that does suck. When do y'all open up on ducks in Kansas? I, well, we got that short teal season in September, and I think it's the middle of October. Okay. Right around in there, we open up open up for uh, ducks. But generally, that time there's not a whole lot down there. I can't believe they don't take yeah. t- the state makes so much money out of, off out of state hunters nowadays. I can't believe they don't yeah. throw that eleven days or nineteen days away in October. Yeah, cut your and, October season down and, and give you January days. No, I agree. I mean, we see more ducks. It seems like during that period than we do any time. I did not realize that the season was That's closed. A fucking terrible split. But uh, the thing is, is our split right here. If I go about 15 miles east, it's open. Huh. But we gener- we generally don't, because they've, they've got the state chopped up into different zones. And so if we, if we go east of the lake, um, just east of us, it's open. And you, from there all the way to the Missouri border. Now, we've just never ventured out that far. If we really want to hunt, but we could. Right. But still. But it's I just mean, a matter of finding yeah. where to hunt. And Not at Cheyenne and... And Cheyenne and Quivera, do they are they in are they in the High Plain Mallards management unit? They don't split, I do they? So. They don't split. They're open in January the whole time, aren't they? I think so. Um, I never paid a whole lot of attention to it because that time of year we're usually out in the field hunting geese. Now, so back to your flagging, what uh, what were you guys doing? Oh, it was generally me getting yelled at by the boys that I was flagging too much. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you doing? Like, how close were you? Like, were you just flagging all the time, or what were you doing? I'd flag until I thought they were committed, and then I'd stop. Well, half the time I'd stop, they'd start veering off, and I'd have to start flagging again. Right. So that's why I was like, I think I need to flag a little longer, just to keep them committed. And how many, like, are you, how long, are you, when I flag, it's like, Five or six shakes of the wrist is it, and it's back down. It it depends on how close they are. The, the problem is there are so many watersheds around us. You never know where they're from. You might have one group that's way out, and you're flagging them. And the next thing you know, you look over your other shoulder, and here comes the group almost on top of you. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, like if if now that will fuck you if they're coming in if they're if they're coming in from a different way that you didn't know about, and you're. You know, waving that thing around like you're, you know, you, whatever, you know, just they'll bust on that. So yeah, that. I mean, anything inside of about twenty yards, if you don't know that they're coming there, and like you just got that thing waving around, I mean, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll probably bust. Yeah, that seems to be the biggest problem, especially where our little pond is in the back. We got a big tree row to the south of us, and they'll just show up right over the tree row. Really, no, they don't make a sound or anything. No. If you are hearing anything, generally there's a bigger flight line to the west of us, and the bigger groups will travel along there, and that's what, those are the ones we're trying to pull over. But then just to the east of us, we might get a group flying, and sometimes it'll be groups of 10 or 15, and those are the ones we're trying to bring in. We're not trying to land the folks of a uh, few 300. Right. Now, are these big geese that, that, are these big geese that are surprising you, coming off of just off of from everywhere? Most of the time, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get some of the uh, little geese. We we get the the lessers and the cacklers. Yeah. Now, big geese are finicky with the flag. I will tell you that. Yeah. I mean, we, it, it, it's it's weird. Sometimes we'll get nothing but big geese, 
and we, we had a field we were hunting and we just totally blew the hunt. We set up in the wrong spot, but we probably had close to 15,000 lessers in the field. Uh-huh. We couldn't get on the X, but we were right next to the X, but we didn't set up close enough to the X to, to pull them in. We weren't the flight line. You were hunting in the same field though? We were hunting in the field to the south of it. Oh, I gotcha. But they, they were, they were flying from the south to the north. And we were about 100 yards off the off the flight line. Oh, okay. And so they were already starting to dump in to the north of us, and they just kept following. So, they, so, so basically, so basically, they short stopped you. They landed yeah. in the field between you and the roost. No, actually, they went us 100 yards to the west and dropped in over the hedgerow. Oh. Hmm. There's so many dropping in. It was once it started, there was no stopping it. No, no, that's true. Once, uh, once that roller coaster starts, it's tough to get off. So, do you are you the designated get your ass chewed out because nothing works person in the blind? Is it always your fault? No, not not usually. It's uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Generally. Everybody's arguing about the spread, or they're arguing about where we set up, or you know, all the kids bickering. Oh, we need to do this, and then we got one kid that'll change the spread fifteen times before we even see a bird. <laughs> uh, so, who who decides yeah. who decides where to set up, and who decides what decoy spread to set out? Uh, it, it just depends on the field. Um, generally, certain fields will hunt a certain way. We don't change it up a whole lot. Right. And the only thing, the only thing that'll vary will be uh, most of the time on the fields we're hunting on on a either in a really grassy waterway or we're hunting on an edge. So it, it all depends on the wind. Right. So most of the time you're you're hiding in the same spot. Generally, yeah. And what about the decoy spread? Do, do you guys change that, or who gets to decide what what kind of decoy spread you're setting out? A lot of times we'll base it off of where they were feeding or where they were feeding the day before in the field. If they're working the the center part of the field, we'll we'll set up in the waterway there or on the tree row on the other end. Um, being big numbers, we'll we'll throw everything. If not, we'll if we're just seeing a little bit here, a little bit there, we may throw a little bit less. Right, but when depends, it depends when, on what, what time it, we get out there. Right. When it comes to the actual nuts and bolts of the spread, like we're going to set decoys here, 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 and here, we're going to run this out. Who's the man that that orchestrates all that? It depends day to day. It's generally who argues the most. <laughs> we try to talk about it a little bit, but there's really no set. set whoever makes whoever it. makes the most sense uh, that, are, that yeah. right off the bat gets to call the shots. Either that or it's uh, fuck it, the geese are coming. Yeah. Just get, throw it out there, let's go. Get something out? Yeah. I got to tell you, that doesn't sound like a position that I would want, because if it doesn't work, you're just going to get yelled at. Yeah. And then, then there's, there's a lot of bickering back and forth, but <laughs> it's, 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 all, it's all in good fun. Yeah. That's, all, that's where the memories are made right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of my yeah. best hunts I can remember with my dad growing up is the things I remember the most is the bickering and griping. My dad was a big Roy Clark fan. And I was in high school, and we went on a hunt, and it was when Garth Brooks first came out, and I made a comment going on a hunt that Garth Brooks was a, was going to be the next Elvis Presley, and my dad's like, God damn it, let me tell you something. 
Fucking Roy Clark and something about Roy Clark. I'm like, Roy Clark, well, yeah, he's so big, he plays in Vegas. And I was like, yeah, it's a bunch of fucking blue hairs out there. And I started fucking with my dad about Roy Clark. I mean, we got the decoys put out, and he's like, is this way you want to do them? I said, well, that's the way Roy Clark could do them. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> so then I started calling him Roy. Well, my buddy started calling him Roy. You know, he got madder and shit. And he was at the he was the fireman still in Wichita, and he was walking in the fire station, the grocery store, and somebody goes, hey, Roy. And he goes, hey, fuck you. And the guy that was the assistant <laughs> manager's name was Roy, and somebody was saying something to him. And dad's like, hey, fuck you. And, but I, <laughs> I remember them that hunt more because of the bickering and shit than I do a lot of hunts where we shot lots and lots of birds. It just it was a oh, good yeah. time and it was it was good memories. Uh, if, if it, two two years ago, if it wasn't for waterfowl, I wouldn't have a nickname. Then little bastards started calling me Stones. Calling you what? I Stones. Stone. I Stones. Yeah, stones. I, I I came down with a case of kidney stones. Uh oh. Probably probably in end of December or so. So I, I'm not laying out in the field hurting like that. And so the, the big the rest of the season, it's like your stone's playing up, you usually go. People <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize at the time I was working second shift. I'm getting home, getting to bed maybe one thirty to two o'clock, and they want me to roll out of bed. I'm an old fat man. Can't do that every day. Yeah. yeah. How, how many days did you have the kidney stones for before you finally passed them? It was. It was a real, real light case of them. It wasn't too bad. So it was, it was about a week that I had to deal with it. Ooh, it was horrible yeah. compared to some people. I got lucky. I've never had kidney stones. So, like, that whole week, like, is you just just hurt every time you took a piss or your back's just always hurting? My back was sore for about a week, and uh, then you piss blood every once in a while. But mm. they, they put you on some antibiotics and some pain pills, and you know, I only took it when I needed it. And then when it comes time to pass these little fuckers, is that just the worst thing that you've ever been through? You know, it was it was so. I think it was so small that it just caused me to to bleed when I was peeing. But I, I never did actually have a one real bad day. Right? Because so, you, so you hear I, I some guys real. like they, you know, they're straining and then like katink, they hear it hit the the pan or whatever. Yeah. I know my my dad's had them a couple times, and my stepmom said he's the biggest pussy ever when it happens. <laughs> I tell you, that, that's one of my biggest fears is getting fucking kidney stones. Yeah, because it looks like a it looks like a damn goat head. Shit, it looks like what's a, one of those medieval balls on a chain that has yeah. spikes on it. That's yeah, what it looks like. Oh, I I, I just I, I I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm gonna get them. My uncle got them real bad. Yeah. Andy's negative fucking Nancy, though, shit about stuff. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them now that I acknowledge that they can happen. I'm yeah. going to get them. Jeff, I guarantee you get these things, you're probably turning out the biggest pussy there is. Oh, fuck. He can't, he can't handle the common cold. That's the man flu, I guess. If he gets the common, like, yeah. like, you know, we're in the middle of hunting season. Like, it's time to hunt. We grind. If I, if we're sick, it's no big deal. Zach, poor Zach hunted. He had fucking tonsillitis, we think. And took one day off he missed he set up with me on a duck hunt he went to scout a field with jeff and then jeff was like i'm just gonna take him back to the house like he can't do anything and like he was just i've had pneumonia and done it i've had fever and done it jeff if his if if he gets to about a hundred degree fever and a little bit of a sniffle he's down for five six days fuck it's so full of shit <laughs> I got the man flu last year, and they thought it was a. They thought I had malaria. I was so malaria. sick. 
Double you know? double pneumonia I've gotten. I'm out there, you know, running the goose hunt, calling the shot, everything, just like a madman. Jeff the gets a hang. Thing hang I ever had, Andy, when you when you get Jeff and I's age, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll try to talk you into getting that pneumonia shot. Don't yeah, do it. Don't do it. That pneumonia shot had me down for a week. Like I had pneumonia. I felt like hell. Really? Just run down it and couldn't like, breathe? I felt like I got hit by a truck. I ain't doing any of them shots to prevent me from getting shit because I don't like to get shots. It fucking hurts too much. I don't care about the shots. I'm not, oh, not going to be down there a week like that. Yeah. yeah, I do not like the shots at all, so I stay away from them suckers for sure. <laughs> I don't do the flu shot. I don't do any of those shots. So, Great. Now we're going to have everybody calling us anti-vaxxers. Well, no. It's just I, 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 I don't do the flu shot, and I don't do it. Yeah, I, I'm not, yeah. I don't like to get shot. So you grew up in Wichita, Kansas. You've been here your whole life. No, yeah. I grew up in California. How long have you been in Kansas? 25 years. Well, you got the hell out at the right time and got to a good place. I did. I, I'm 47. I got, out there, I got out of there at 22. Now that you're in Kansas, have you noticed a big increase in the bird population at Wichita in the last 10, 15 years? It's, it's gotten a lot bigger. Yeah. I mean, when I, I used to just come out to the farm and stuff all the time. I'd deer hunt out there and everything. And we didn't see a whole heck of a lot. Now, the watersheds they built around here have helped, I think. But I, I just, the population just have pushed over this way. There's a lot of damn birds. See, my dad grew up east of Wichita in a little town called Buffalo by Chanute. And I still, my uncle, I've got family over there. And yeah. they, they, they've got a lot of birds there. And when my dad was growing up, they didn't have a lot of geese. They had some ducks, but they didn't have a lot of geese. But that area is really a hotbed for, you're, you're hunting in a really good place. And, you know, you get to shoot in your backyard. And I think you're pretty blessed there. And you get home with your boys. you got a pretty damn good life. I, I think so. It's crazy because how things have changed. Two years ago, we'd, we'd see maybe one or two specks a day, if that. Last year, we just saw flocks and flocks of specks. All yep. season? All season, yeah. yeah. Did you have any success hunting those little fuckers? We shot a few here and there. Yeah, just coming in with the, with the Canadas? Yeah, we actually had a bunch staying across the road from us. I'd, I'd, I'd go to work at about 11 o'clock at night because we're third shift and I, you can hear them on the watershed over there and you just hear them specs. Yeah, oh yeah. They're noisy little bastards. Yeah. Now, now, do you do the conservation season in the spring? Oh, fuck, that's too muddy. <laughs> Back to water and waders and, and that sucking. I hate trudging through mud and I I, I just don't really want to buy a hundred dozen uh, Canada socks or anything like that. I'm not... Yeah, I'm about done by that time. Yeah, yeah I, we're the same way there. At snow, there's nothing about spring snow goose hunting that's exciting to me at all. Yeah, I, you know, if I could, if I go someplace like up by Squaw in Missouri and go sit in a heated pit or something, I, I might I might do that. But I'm not going to buy the I'm not going to put the money into snows. No, I. It, I mean, like, it's a money I've mess. Seen the, around here, the biggest flock I've seen is maybe 100 snows. Oh right. So you don't get the so, big concentrations and like you know these no. massive feeds that you see. No, you got to go west of Wichita. I know a Bobby guy gets into them up west of Hutch or right around Hutch up in there, but that's pretty far west of us, maybe about forty miles. Right. Where, where did you grow up in California? Uh, Bay Area, just up Oakland. Okay, you a Niners fan or a Raiders fan? Uh, you know, I really didn't give a shit back then. I, I, my dad was a Niners fan, so that was back when Montana was big. And so 
so I, I paid attention a little bit, but I'm a Chiefs fan now. My boys are Chiefs fans. We'll go to games every once in a while. Well, I love the Chiefs also. Yeah. Disappointing last I, I, year for you. Yeah. I, I, I thought, what the hell are you, you guys doing when you got Mahomes? But I think, damn, I'm glad they did. I, I don't. I, I love the Chiefs. I don't think they'll have the success they had last year. I think that San Diego's going to win that division this year. And I'm a Chief fan, but I just, man, I, I just can't imagine Mahomes having another year like he did this last year. It's just unbelievable. I think they're going to start figuring them out. When it comes down to it, it all depends on the line. If the line will do the job, then he'll have the time to do what he needs to do. What's going to be questionable is if that Spagnola gets the defense going. Get the defense going, and he can keep points off the board. He'll put points on the board. Well, I think the key's going to come down to if Tyreek Hill's not in jail. Well, who's going to run the ball for him? Well, they got three or four guys. That hurt him when Kareem Hunt left last year. That really hurt him a lot. But I think their the yeah. key's going to come down if Tyreek Hill's healthy or, or not healthy out of, out of jail, jail. I think that makes their offense go because he takes the top off of it. If he's gone, yeah, I think they're going to be in some trouble. And they picked up another kid in the draft that's comparable to Hunt. So we'll see how he pans out. They're they're saying uh, I saw something today. Mahomes is uh, the favorite for the MVP, which go figure. But they also said Baker Mayfield is one of the early favorites for the 2019 MVP. I ain't buying that either. I think they're jumping yeah. the gun on Mister Mister Mayfield a little bit up there in Cleveland because that could still be a dumpster <laughs> fire. Oh yeah, he, he he's a competitor. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. There's a lot of personalities in Cleveland that it could still just be a catastrophe. Oh yeah, and the it guys. It might be a total shit show. And the guy's a winner too. That makes, I mean, that's, and you know, that's the whole thing right there. He's a comp- he, he's com- he competes. He's a winner, and it's going to be. Th- Cleveland's getting better, but I don't think they'll beat Pittsburgh for the division either. There. So, have you gone back to the Bay Area since it's gotten all dumpy? I haven't been in fourteen years. Really? Yeah, my my dad still lives out there, and I still got family out there, but they just feel like he's coming out here versus going out there it sounds horrible people are shitting in the streets i mean it sounds like a nightmare yeah it's it's a total shit show i know a couple years ago my dad came out and he was not a big gun guy didn't like guns at all and i got him shooting a little bit and i think now he's got like 60 guns wow but it seems like every 10 days when his waiting period is up he's getting a gun (laughs) but uh he's retired he got a bunch of damn money yeah but uh I talked to him the other day, or Sunday, and he said the stores are just cleared out. There is no ammo on the shelves. It comes in and it's gone. Wow. I think, I forget what the date is, but you're going to have to start doing a background check to buy ammo out there. Oh, fuck. Fucking liberals. Yeah, what's that going to do for the waterfowl guy? It's like, oh, shit, I need shelves. How are you going to go to Walmart at 4 in the morning and get shelves? You're fucked. You're screwed. Yeah, you're fucked. Mm. A lot of good people live out there in that shit show, and that's what's crazy. There's a lot of good people yeah, in California, but man, the fucking yeah, I've got a lot worse. of good friends. Yeah, yeah all the fucking tree huggers. What? How long? How long does the background have? They said how long they're thinking it'll take. I think it's it's an instant check. It's just having to go through the hassle. Still. I think the, the big part of it's people are just like, I don't want them to know what I have. Right. So they're going to start keeping tabs on that. And hmm. Who knows what kind of bullshit laws are going to start passing? It's a mess out there in San Francisco. From I haven't been out there. From what I've heard, it's such a beautiful place. It is. It, or, well, it was. 
if you like hypodermic needles and shit on the street, San Francisco's <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what uh, what what big purchases are we making this year? What are we getting? An ice eater. An ice eater. You're gonna sell your <laughs> sell your full bodies and get an ice eater. What are we looking at here? I don't, I don't know. I just bought the seven Lucky Ducks. Oh, okay. I, for, I, f- I forgot about that. Yeah. So you got you got your yeah. spinners. You got extra spinners. I, I got the extra spinners. Anybody wants to buy some mojos, get with me. There you go. That All fucker's the- and wings break so bad. What? So what did you go with now? Lucky Ducks. Uh, I've got I've got four Mallard Lucky Ducks, two green wing teal, and a blue wing teal. There you go. Those Lucky Ducks, they can hold up pretty good. The, we put them through the torture I, test last year. Just look, I mean, looking at the body, it's, <laughs> I'll send you guys a picture later. I, I've, got, I've got a Mojo Teal versus the – or Mojo uh, Green Wing versus the Lucky Day Green Wing, and it's night and day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the wing, the wing quality on them is, is way better. Yeah. Well, we use ours every day, and we didn't – Yeah. I mean, they work good. We They take care of us. They're, they're a good company. Really good company. Other, yeah. other than uh, other than some some persons that will re- remain nameless losing some of the remotes, we didn't have an issue at all with the Lucky Ducks. Yeah. Who lost some remotes? Oh, I, I did also buy uh, – t- t- I just got 10 dozen uh, dive bombs. Ooh. So there's a you're getting all You're getting set up, ready to go. Well, the season is coming yeah. close. Uh, and I'm ready. You start you you, you you start shooting some birds late October when they start, when it opens up. You get some greenheads. You call me, and my old fat butt's going to join your fat butt up there and shoot some ducks. All right, sounds like a plan. And I got a place. You can you two can just overflag them to death. <laughs> we'll sit there with our calls and give them a little chatter. And That's right. right. <laughs> That's all I have to do. I just chatter at them, and boy, they just drop right in. Yeah. And the boys always want to take credit for it. They're like, "Did you see how I worked that duck?" I'm like, "Fuck." I, I just touched it a minute and just a little chat at him and then somebody just right, right there. Le- legs down, boy. Yep. Feet down, big down. That's right. Well, George, we appreciate you being on here. You've done a really good job. Let me tell you something. You, the, by the end of this, you were really relaxed. You were a little nervous at first, weren't you? Oh, yeah, a little bit. My <laughs> kids are going to give me shit about it and tell me I'm a dumbass. Uh, you done, they, you yeah, done a good job. They said I have a bromance with you. Like, you know what? Because I there's I ask you a question. Hey, you know what? I have I've I've been one of them guys. I have a lot of that goes on in my life, and I just I, I roll with it. You're 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 a good guy, and so tell them the bromance is mutual. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, just, I just tell them to fuck off. But that's right. <laughs> yeah. And then tell them that you're asking these questions so that they so they can have fucking better hunts. Since that fuckers don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to you know you're trying to get a you got a got something you needed uh, clarifying and you. Ass. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to learn, trying, trying to get the hunts better every year. And that's right. And they're they're just taking it for granted. Yep. Yep. Well, we appreciate you being on here. We look forward. to Hopefully, we'll get I to see you, you this year. Me. You bet. Uh, maybe you get to come see us again this year. Ah, uh, I hope so. We'll see, we'll see if they start building them 737s again, like they were. All right. Hopefully, they will. Anyways, George, we appreciate yeah, it. We hope right, that guys. Boeing gets her. Sh- I hope Boeing and the government get that worked out. Yeah, I do too. All right, man. See ya. George Scott lives a good life. I'm telling you right now, hunting with his kids, gets hunting in the backyard. The only thing I would do different if I was him is if I had a pond in my backyard, I'd build me a nice big permanent blind back there. Oh, yeah. That's what I'd do. 100%. I'd build me a big old blind. And you know, it gets a little cold up there. It'd have a little heater in it and they could do a little breakfast area. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe he's taking that. There's a lot of guys that do breakfast out there in the blinds. That's what I've come to notice. How many how many of these guys are eating breakfast out there? Everybody we've talked to, we didn't ask him about it. He's an eater, though, and his boys are eaters, so they probably do too. But, you know, little little scrambled eggs and sausage and some would tortillas. Nice. That would be something. That would be on my priority list while it's hot. But if I had a place like that, my own <coughs> pond back there, I would build me a big old blind Hell like yeah. that. Put a, a, a heater in there. Whew. Never leave that son of a bitch. How many, how many full bodies do you have? Twelve dozen. Twelve dozen. God almighty. It's a lot. I, I thought he was going to say he had a few, like two or three yeah, dozen. Yeah, twelve dozen. Two or three dozen. Son of a bitch, that's a bunch of them. That's a lot of coin there, bub. That's, a, that's that. almost a trailer load. You can flip it. You can flip that shit. Good. Sell it. Go get whatever you want. Or just fucking pocket the money. A good guy. I like this public deal. I like talking to people different. I like people at different levels, too. They're learning still and growing yeah. and stuff, and he hunts all the time. I like to see that, like new hunter. Mm-hmm. That, that, and that's good. We need more of that in this world. So It's nice answering questions. Yeah. He's a good guy. I appreciate you know. But he does. what? That's a mecca right there. Wichita, Kansas is a hotbed for getting to hunt, and you still get on some places to hunt, and it's a good thing. And if in October them greenheads get there, George, you call, I'd come up there and shoot some bird ducks with you a couple of days. Don't care about shooting no geese. But I'd like to shoot some greenheads. Hopefully we got ducks here in October. Well, but I'm like talking about when their season year. opens before ours does. When does theirs open? I'm assuming mid-October. Ours opens the last weekend in October. We'll have another gadwall beat down. I hope we do. We should. We're going to have food and water. Um, gadwall. We're going to have Tony V on at the end of the week this week. Yep. And we'll have, we're going to talk all the, we're going to talk hot cropping. We're going to talk about how the corn situation we're is up there. We're going to have a conversation Just with talk Tony. update on what's going on. And um, very nice man, very nice man. And look forward to that too. Um, that's really about all I got. Yep. I got nothing else. All right. Hey, everybody, I appreciate y'all listening in. Thank you. Go to iTunes, give us a review. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Oh, What's no. Has the has the gentleman claimed his dove hunt? Yes. Oh, okay. Real, oh. Ni- real nice guy. He's an ag teacher, 25-year-old ag teacher. Perfect. Got four guys, so looking forward to him. Perfect. Good. Seems like a really nice fella. Good. He, even didn't, right. he, he didn't even say nothing bad about you, Andy. Mm. That was rare. Mm-hmm.